Welcome to our weekly devotional. This is Dr. Owen Anderson, and I want to look with you this week at Psalm 104. This is a psalm of praise to God, but it has a curious ending, a curious twist at the end that I want us to consider. It begins by telling us to bless the Lord, and we praise God because of his greatness, which is revealed in his works. This psalm is particularly gets us into the details of some of the works of God, and in many ways, it reminds me of what God told to Job. It is like a short example of what God told to Job over four chapters. It begins the same way in five, when he begins to get into the uh, details of creation, just like with Job, God begins with this, you who laid the foundations of the earth, and the psalmist here begins that same way. So he, he uh, gets into the details here. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angels, spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire. Now, the interesting thing about this part is the poetic structure of it. If you are an anthropomorphite, you'll think, okay, well, God stands on a chariot and that presumably has some horses and drives across the sky. And that's like Apollos. But we know that God is a spirit who's infinite. He, he couldn't fit in a chariot. But instead, this is a poetic speaking about his providential rule in the world. He rules over the waters above and the waters below, over the wind. And in this way, God is seen in all of the works of creation all around us. God is not distant or far away. And then this is when he gets to vibe into the foundations of the earth, that it is stable, it will not be moved. It is as uh, covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At your voice, the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. So think about that description of the flood covering even the mountains. We don't know what mountains there were then compared to the geological changes after the flood, but what mountains there were, were covered and the waters spread across the world. And then a discussion of sending the water, the springs into the valleys, flowing among the hills, they giving drink to every beast of the field. So here the description of the providential rule of God over creation, even for the animals, the wild donkeys quench their thirst, the birds of the heavens have their home. So just like in Job, we have that repetition of God aware of and caring for the animals Interestingly, is often in contrast to the Christian attitude, which is one of conquest and destruction of the creatures. Here we see that God is aware of them and caring for them and finding delight in them. Each of them has a nature. The, the uh, birds have homes, unlike the way the wild donkeys live. They each live according to the nature that God gave them. Then there's the grass growing for the cattle, bringing forth food from the earth. Now, we know all of the secondary causes, or we're aware of many of them. There may be many more we don't know, but we're aware of many secondary causes for growing grass. And so to say, wait a minute, you're saying God directly causes grass to grow. That's a good lesson to remind us of the difference between primary and secondary causes. And God uses the secondary causes. Indeed, God created the secondary causes and uses those for these purposes that God is the one in charge. God is the one who is uh, doing this for his purposes. And again, I'm emphasizing this throughout this, this discussion, the providential rule of God, and that God 
it's clear that God rules, just like it's clear that God exists. The cliff badgers have a uh, refuge for, a, or the cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. I remember hearing a chapel service in seventh grade about these rock badgers and how they lived. I think they're also called conies and how they find these holes in this rock. And the, the, the pastor was likening this to God, that we are able to find our refuge in God. But again, describing each of these, the rock badgers have a home very different than the birds that have a nest. Each thing has a nature given to it by God. And that's ultimately what brings us now to man. Man goes out to his work to labor until the evening. So God has uh, uh, given man a job to do. And then in 24, O oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom, you made them all. The works of God reveal God to us. Then he turns to the ocean. You get this mention of Leviathan here. And this is a real physical creature. Uh, identifying it may be hard for us. It, it, in Job, it might be referring to a water creature that's extinct now. But the idea is that it's not a spirit. It's not the devil. Some people try to spiritualize Job and say the Leviathan and behemoth are like Canaanite gods. No, these are real creatures in nature that God made and finds delight in. And we're to find delight in the creatures of, of the world that God made and, and to see what they reveal about God, that they do have a nature they live by. And that God provides for them. When he opens their hand, they're filled. But if he hides their face, they're troubled. And it's you that take their breath away. They die and return to the dust. You send forth your spirit and they're created and you renew the face of the earth. So God's providentially ruling and caring for creatures, but also even ruling over death. Now, here comes the, the strange twist at the end. Not strange in a bad way, but are you ready? May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. We're not there yet, but getting there. So we too should rejoice in the works of the Lord. And then he gets to this, 33, 34. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. Now, then 35 is this twist. After having considered all these creatures that live according to the natures that God gave them. There's one that doesn't. May sinners be consumed from the earth and the wicked be no more. So this one verse, 35, part A, 35B ends, bless the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord. And the psalm ends the way it began, praising the Lord for his works. But his work also includes ruling over mankind and that those who have turned to sin and are not redeemed, will be no more. And so you can think of the wicked as being no more in two ways, either because they're redeemed and they're not wicked or because the wicked are destroyed, consumed from the earth. And the works of the wicked either way are not lasting, but the work God gave to man is to be lasting. So all these creatures living according to their nature, except for this one sinful man, God providentially rules in all of that. 